0: My people have sinned against me, and they have no hope, but I love them, and because I love them, I'm going to provide a way for them to be forgiven, for them to be healed of their sin. Preaching the old-time gospel with a fresh anointing to a new generation. This is
1: Saved to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall. It's the age-old challenge. How can a holy God have anything to do with sinful man? Today, Brian Tyndall begins a study from the Gospel of John as Jesus explains this mystery to a Pharisee named Nicodemus. He uses an Old Testament example to share what his coming sacrifice on the cross would mean to the chosen people of God and the whole world. So join us there now in John chapter 3, beginning at verse
0: 14 for a study entitled, Jesus Must Be Lifted Up. Here's Brian. The title of our message today is Jesus Must Be Lifted Up, and the title actually comes from the very words of Jesus that he spoke in John chapter 3, uh, verse 14, when he was speaking to the religious leader, Nicodemus, and Jesus told him in that passage of Scripture that even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And so the title of our message again today is Jesus Must Be Lifted Up. And what was Jesus talking about in that passage of Scripture? What was he saying to Nicodemus when he said the Son of Man must be lifted up? Well, Jesus was giving a prophetic word about his crucifixion on the cross. Jesus was predicting ahead of time and proclaiming ahead of time that he was going to go to the cross that he was going to sacrifice his body and shed his blood for the sins of the world, that he was going to die on the cross. And so let's go to this passage of Scripture and see what Jesus said to Nicodemus. And I believe that the message that Jesus gave Nicodemus in John chapter 3, beginning in verse 14 and going through verse 18, I believe that that message is a message that our lost and dying world desperately needs to hear. And so he begins in verse 14, Jesus speaking, saying, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What powerful words that Jesus spoke to this religious leader by the name of Nicodemus in this passage of Scripture. And Jesus gives a a kind of obscure reference here that would have been familiar to certain religious people in his day, but might not be so familiar in the day in which we live. And the reference that Jesus makes is a very important reference, because if you don't understand what Jesus is referring to in John chapter 3, verse 14, when he says that even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, if we don't understand the reference that Jesus is making back to the time of Moses and back to the situation that was going on, we will not be able to properly understand what Jesus was saying and what Jesus was comparing his own being lifted up on the cross would truly mean for the world and would truly mean for you and I. So let's go back and look at that. Jesus told Nicodemus in verse 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Now, what is he talking about? Well, if we go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Numbers, uh, chapter 21, we will read a historical account of something that was going on with the children of Israel during the time of Moses. uh, after Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery, and he had led them across the Red Sea that God had parted the water so they could go across on dry ground. He had led them to Mount Sinai. They had received the Ten Commandments. He was leading them through the wilderness. And uh, as God was leading the children of Israel through the wilderness, uh, the children of Israel began to complain. They were complaining about Moses, they were complaining about his leadership, they were complaining about the hardships out in the wilderness, they were complaining that they didn't have food, that they didn't have water, they were complaining that God had not looked after them, that their life was miserable, that they regretted that they had followed him out into the wilderness. Uh, they were lamenting and complaining, not only against Moses, but against God himself and saying, we would have been better off if we would have stayed in Egypt, we wish we would have never left, Uh, we want to go back, and God was angry with His people. He was angry with them because of their complaining. He was angry with them because of their disobedience. He was angry with them because they uh, were not being obedient to His word, because they were not being willing to follow Him in faith, and so because of their sin, God brought judgment on His people. And the judgment that he brought was that he sent snakes, poisonous snakes, out amongst the people, and all of those that had complained, and all of those that had rebelled, and all of those that had sinned against God, they were bitten by these poisonous snakes, and the people were dying from the poisonous snake bites and they were suffering a a terrible death, and and people were dying by the thousands. And so uh, when the people realized that they had rebelled against God, when they realized that they had sinned against God, and that as a result of their sin that they were uh, being judged, and as a result of their sin that they were going to die, uh, they began to cry out to Moses and they began to cry out to God and they and they asked for mercy. They asked for, for God to do something to bring healing and and not allow them to die. And God, in in his mercy, in his grace, God provided a way for those sinful people that had rebelled against him. He provided a way for those people that had gone against His word, that had gone against His will, and that were under the the judgment and punishment of their sin. He provided a way that they could be healed. He provided a way that they could escape the death of those poisonous snakes. And the way that He provided their healing, the way that He provided their salvation, if you will, was very interesting uh actually, what God did, he told Moses, he said, Moses, I want you to make a, uh, a snake uh, that's in the form of these snakes that are going around and biting the people. I want you to make a snake that's in the form of those snakes. And I want you to put it on the end of a pole. And I want you to fasten it to the top of that pole. And then I want you to go in the middle of the camp. And I want you to lift up that pole in the middle of the camp. And he said, and then I want you to tell the people that anybody who has been bitten, that anybody who has sinned against me, that anybody who is experiencing the judgment of God and the punishment of God, that anybody who's facing death because of these snake bites, that if they will look up at that pole, if they will look up at that serpent on the top of that pole, That I, as they look up, as they turn away from their sin, as they turn away from their rebellion, as they turn away from their disobedience, and as they look up in faith at the salvation that I have provided, I am going to bring healing to my people. And interestingly enough... The scripture says that every person that was willing to turn away from their disobedience and their rebellion, and every person that had sinned against God and had been bitten by those snakes and was facing certain death, that every single one of those people that were willing to turn away from their disobedience and look in faith at that serpent on that pole and put their trust in what God had said, that if they would just look up at that serpent, that he would bring healing to their bodies. Every single one of the people that did that, they lived and they were healed and they were made whole. And every person that didn't do that, every person that refused to put their faith in that, every person that refused to look in faith at that serpent and trust in what God had said, they died in their sin because there was no hope for them. Now, friends, I want to tell you something. That story is the story that Jesus was referring to when he was speaking to Nicodemus. And now that you know the story, let me read one more time what Jesus told Nicodemus because now that we understand the story that he's referring to, now that we understand the historical reference that he's referring to, what he says makes much more sense. In verse 14, Jesus told Nicodemus, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, in the story that I just relayed to you, Even so, Jesus said, must the Son of Man be lifted up. So what Jesus was telling Nicodemus, he said, you remember that story, Nicodemus. You, you're you a religious man. You know that Old Testament story about the people of God being disobedient and sinning against God and rebelling against God. And you know that story. You remember that historical event when they did that. And you know that because of their sin that, that God brought judgment and God was punishing them and that ultimately their punishment was death through the biting of these poisonous snakes. And you know that God, in His mercy and grace, all of those thousand years ago, that even though the people had rebelled against Him, and even though they were being judged, and even though they were dying in their sin, that God, in His mercy and grace, all of those years ago, He provided a way for His people to be healed. He provided a way for His people to be saved from certain death and certain judgment. And you remember how he did that, Nicodemus. You'll remember that he told Moses to make that snake, to make that image and that mold, that sculpture of that snake, and put it on top of that pole and lift it up in the camp. And then he told the people that anybody who looked on that snake would be healed. And you'll remember, Nicodemus, that's exactly what happened, that everybody that looked in faith faith At that serpent, everyone that looked in faith like God told them to, they were healed. And everyone that didn't, they died. And he says, Nicodemus, I want to tell you something. Just like Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, the son of man, I, Jesus, the Messiah, the savior of the world, I must be lifted up. Jesus didn't say, I've come to be lifted up. I may be lifted up. Jesus said emphatically here to Nicodemus, just as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, even so must I be lifted up. Why? Why did Jesus have to be lifted up? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Maybe you've asked yourself that question before. You know, here in this month that we've entered into, we're going to be celebrating in a few weeks Easter and Easter Sunday. And the season of Easter is all about the death burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Easter is all about the reality and historical event that 2,000 years ago, God became flesh and was born of a virgin, and He lived a sinless, perfect life And he willingly went to the cross. Jesus saying, no man took my life from me, but I lay down my life. I lay down my body as a substitutionary atonement for the sins of humanity. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus did that. And they lifted him up between two thieves. They lifted him up on the cross, even as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness. And Jesus hung there on that cross. And he died, and he shed his blood, and he gave his life for the sins of the world. And what Jesus is saying is, is just like Moses had to lift up that serpent in the wilderness. If Moses had not have lifted up that serpent, if God had not provided a way for his people to be healed, if God had not provided a way for his people to escape the judgment of their sin, then they would have all died without any hope. But God in his mercy, he provided a way for those people. All of those thousands of years ago, he provided a way for them that had rebelled against God and disobeyed God and sinned against God. He provided a way for them to be forgiven. He provided a way for them to be healed. He provided a way for them to be cured from their sin and from death that they were facing. And Jesus says in the same way, In the same way, there's coming a day when God is going to raise up His Son. Just like Moses raised up that serpent in the wilderness, God must raise up His Son on the cross. God must sacrifice His Son on the cross. Why? Because there's no other way for men to be saved from their sin. What Jesus was saying is that just like the people in the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 21... Just like those people all of those thousands of years ago that had sinned against God and rebelled against God and were under the judgment of God and the sentence of death because of their sin, in the same way we have sinned against God today. In the same way, all of humanity, every person that's ever been born, every person that's alive today, we have all sinned and rebelled against the will of God and the Word of God. And because of our sin, we are under the judgment of God, just like those people back in Numbers chapter 21, just like God judged them because of their sin. He's going to judge us because of our sin. And just like the ultimate judgment of their sin was death in Numbers chapter 21, so is the judgment of sin today. So is the penalty of sin today. It is death. God tells us that. The Bible tells us that in Romans chapter 6 verse 23. It says the wages of sin is death. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every person that's alive on this earth today has sinned and has rebelled against God. And as a result of that sin, we are under the judgment of God. We are under the punishment of death. And just like the people in the Old Testament that had sinned against God, there was nothing that they could do. There was nothing that they could do personally to heal themselves and, and cause themselves to come out from under the judgment of God. There was nothing that any other person could do. There was no religious person that they could go to. There was no religious tradition that they could keep. There was no money that they could give. There was absolutely nothing that they or anybody else on this earth could do to stop the judgment of God from being carried out in their life. There was nothing that they or anybody else could do to heal them from those poisonous snake bites and from the certain death that they faced because of the venom of those snakes and because of the judgment of their sin. There was nothing that could be done. And yet when man could do nothing, when they could do nothing to heal themselves and, and to forgive themselves and to overcome their sin, God stepped in in His mercy and grace, and He provided a way that they could be forgiven. He provided a way that they could be healed. He provided a way that they could come out from under the judgment of God, and they could escape the death sentence that they were under. And you know, folks, God has done that for us today. We've sinned against him. And the Bible is clear that because of our sin, that we're under the penalty of death. Every one of us are under the penalty of death. And just like those people of old, there's nothing that we can do to escape it. There's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to get out of the situation that we're in. There's nothing that any other man on this earth can do. There's nothing that any church can do. There's nothing that any religion can do. There's nothing that any denomination can do. There's nothing that our money can do. There's nothing that we can do. And yet God has done for us what he did for those people some thousands of years ago. In his mercy and in his grace, he said, my people have sinned against me. They've rebelled against me, and because of their sin and rebellion, I'm judging them. They're under the penalty of death. They're dying, and they have no hope, but I love them. And because I love them, I'm going to provide a way for them to be forgiven, for them to be healed of their sin. And what is the provision that he made? Well, in the Old Testament, he had a serpent that was lifted up. And anyone who looked on that serpent, believing what God had said was healed. And in our time, in New Testament time, God gave us a permanent sacrifice. He gave us a permanent solution to our sin, not a temporary solution like the lifting up of that serpent. But he said, I'm going to lift up the perfect sacrifice. I'm going to lift up the son of God. I'm going to go to the world and I'm going to become flesh and I'm going to give my very life on the cross and I'm going to allow myself to be lifted up for their sin And anyone who will put their faith in Jesus Christ, anyone who will turn away in repentance from their rebellion and from their sin and turn away in repentance and turn toward Jesus Christ and look up to him and call on his name. The Bible says whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever will look on Jesus Christ, the one who was sacrificed on that cross, the one that shed his blood, anyone who will look at him can be forgiven and can be cleansed of their sin and can have the death sentence and death penalty that they're under removed from their life. And it's an amazing thing. Uh, Jesus says two different times in these short passages of Scripture that anyone who will look on Jesus Christ, anyone who will look at Him and put their faith and trust in Him as Savior and Lord He makes the promise two different times in this passage that that person that's willing to do that, that they can escape the punishment of death and they can inherit eternal life. The first time he says it's right there in verse 15. He says that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in Jesus should not perish, but have eternal life. And then again, in John chapter 16, the very next verse, the most recognizable verse in the Bible, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Why? That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Two times in two verses, Jesus tells us why he must be lifted up on the cross. He tells us why it was a necessity that some 2,000 years ago that God become flesh. He tells us why it was a necessity that Jesus, the Son of God, the precious Lamb of God, that he would go to the cross and offer his body as a sacrifice for sin and shed his blood and die lifted up on that old rugged cross. And the reason that it must be so, the reason that he must be lifted up, he tells us there. It's because whoever believes in Him would not perish. Whoever would believe in Christ that was lifted up on that cross, whoever would put their faith and trust in Him as Savior and Lord, they would not have to perish. They would not have to die in their sins, but they could have eternal life. They could be forgiven. And rather than experiencing the punishment and the judgment of God, they could receive the forgiveness and the cleansing of God. And rather than experiencing physical and spiritual death and hell, they could experience an abundant life on this earth and an eternal life in heaven. You see, my friend today, uh, many of us, most of us probably have heard about the death of Jesus Christ. We probably know, whether we celebrate it or not, whether we go to a church or not, whether we're a Christian or not, most of us have heard about the death of Jesus Christ. We know what Easter is about. It's about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what you might not know, my friend, is that Jesus must have gone to that cross, He absolutely must have gone to that cross. And the reason that he must have gone there is because you and I as sinners would have had no hope whatsoever if he had not been lifted up on that cross. You and I would be in a situation today that we had sinned and were under the judgment of God and we were under the penalty of death and that there was literally nothing we could do to escape that judgment and that punishment. So it was a necessity that Jesus Christ be lifted up. It was a necessity that Jesus Christ be crucified on that old rugged cross. And the reason that he was lifted up and the reason that he was crucified on that cross is because of your sin and my sin. And it was a necessity Without that crucifixion, without Jesus Christ being lifted up on that cross and sacrificing His body and shedding His blood, you and I would have no hope because we are all sinners and we're under the judgment of our sin. But my friend, the good news today is that even though we have rebelled against God, even though we have sinned against Him in every way imaginable, in fact, we not only have sinned against Him, the Bible says that we were born in sin. After Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, the first people that God created, every person that was born after them were conceived in sin. They were born with a fallen nature because of the inherited problem of sin. And then after we reached the age of accountability, all of us that were born in sin, we chose to sin with our own free will. We chose to disobey God. We chose to walk outside of His will. And because of that, we are under the judgment of God. We are under the penalty of death. But the good news, the good news of the Bible, the good news of the gospel is that even though we rebelled against God, He loves us. He loves us. He loved the people in the Old Testament. He loved those Israelites that uh, he led out of Egypt. He loved those people that were whining and complaining against him in the wilderness. He loved those people that were hating him. He loved those people that were saying, we wish we had never followed you out of Egypt. We wish we were still slaves in Egypt. Those people that hated him and rebelled against him and sinned against him, he loved them. How do we know that he loved them? (laughs) Because, my friend, if he had not loved them, he would not have provided a way for them to be saved. If he had not loved them, he would have just allowed them to be judged. He would have just allowed them to die from those snake bites. He would have just allowed the natural course of events to be carried out, and they would have died, and they would have died in their sin, and they would have been judged. But, my friend, he loved them. He loved them so much that he was willing to provide a way for them to be healed. He was willing to provide a way for them to be saved. And he did that. How do you know that God loves you today? How do, how do we know that God loves us, even though we've sinned against him and rebelled against him? Because the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus, continuing to speak to Nicodemus, he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves us. He doesn't just love Americans. He doesn't just love white people. He doesn't just love educated people. He doesn't just love rich people. God loves everybody. He loves every person on this earth. He loves men, women, boys, and girls, religious and non-religious. My friend, He loves everybody. And you say, well, Brian, how do I know that He loves me? My friend, He has demonstrated His love towards you. He has proven His love for us. How has He done that? Not just because He wrote it in the Bible, not but just because He spoke it from heaven, but the Bible says that He has demonstrated His love for us when God loved us so much that He gave His only begotten Son. When Jesus came to this earth, when God gave Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, some 2,000 years ago, when He gave His only begotten Son to come to this earth and die on the cross and be lifted up on that cross for your sins and for my sins, he demonstrated how much he loves us. My friends, do you realize that God loves you today? Even though we've sinned against him, even though we've rebelled against him, even though that we're under the punishment and the penalty of death because of our sin, God loves us so much, my friend, that he has provided a way for us to be saved. But listen to me today. There's a lot of people That even though God has provided a way for us to be saved, even though God has provided a way for us to escape judgment and escape death, there's a lot of people that are not willing to put their faith in Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people today that they're dying in their sins, but they're not willing to repent and turn away from their sin and turn away from their rebellion and turn to Jesus in faith and repentance. Just like in the Old Testament, there were people that were not willing to turn from their sin. There were people that were not willing to look on that serpent uh, that God told them they must look on. They were not willing to look and believe God. They were not willing to put their faith in what God was saying. They were not willing to look in faith at the solution to their sin. And my friend, those people died. Not because they had to die, not because God wanted them to die, but they died because they rejected the salvation that God had provided them. They died and they were judged and they went to hell, not because they must have done that, but because they chose to do that. They would not look in faith on the salvation that God had provided. And my friends, there are people just like that today. There's people that they realize that they've sinned and they realize that they've rebelled against God, but they just keep going in that direction. They refuse to turn away from their sin and turn away from their rebellion and to turn in faith to the one that died on that cross 2,000 years ago. They refuse to look on Jesus Christ and put their faith and trust in Him as Savior and Lord. Many of them, they just want to continue on in their disobedience and rebellion. And my friends, they're going to die in their sin. Many of them, they're trying to find a solution themselves. They think to themselves, there's something I can do. Uh, I can go to church. I can be religious. I can turn over a new leaf. I can be a better person. There's something I can do in and of myself. Or, or they're looking for some other person, uh, some other man, a priest, a prophet, a religious leader. They're looking for someone that can help them with this problem that they have of sin. They're looking to a church or a temple or a mosque or a tabernacle or, or some religious building or institution. And my friend, I'm telling you today that if you look anywhere other than on the person of Jesus Christ. If you put your faith and trust in anything today other than the person of Jesus Christ, you will die in your sin and you will face eternal judgment in hell. Not because God wants you to, not because that's the way that it has to be, but because when he provided a way for you to be saved, when he provided a way for you to be forgiven, when he lifted up his own son, Jesus Christ, on the cross and told you that the only way you could be forgiven and the only way you could be healed was to look to the one hanging on that cross and put your faith and trust in him as Savior and Lord. You rejected that, and you sought your own solution to your sin problem. And my friend, the Bible is so clear. In verse 17, the Bible says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Jesus told Nicodemus, God didn't send me into the world primarily to condemn the world. The reason that He sent me into the world was not to condemn the world, not to condemn people because of their sin. The reason Jesus says that God sent him into the world was that the world might be saved through him, that he might be lifted up on that cross, and that he might sacrifice his body and shed his blood for the sins of the world. And the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to him in repentance. And God's plan, God's desire is that Jesus Christ would be lifted up, that he would die on that cross and that he would shed his blood for the sins of the world, and that all of humanity would turn in faith and repentance and look on Jesus Christ and put their trust in him as Savior and Lord and be saved. But my friend, not everybody's going to do that. Just like not all people that were bitten by those serpents were willing to look on that pole that Moses lifted up. Not all of the people were willing to look and put their faith in the salvation that God had provided. And my friend, God didn't give that pole. He didn't give that serpent on that pole to be a judgment for the people's sin. He, he gave that serpent on that pole as a type of salvation for his people. And yet when they rejected his offer of salvation, when they rejected his offer of forgiveness, when they rejected his offer of healing and turned to something else, then that pole, that serpent on that pole became a judgment to them because they rejected God's gift, his free gift of forgiveness and salvation. And my friend, people are doing the same thing today. Jesus Christ, He tells us right here in this passage of Scripture, He didn't come into the world to judge us. He came into the world to save us. But my friend, I'm telling you today that if you don't trust Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, if we don't humble ourselves and turn away from our sin and rebellion and disobedience and turn and put our gaze and our eyes and our trust and our faith in the one that hung on that cross and was sacrificed for us 2,000 years ago, if we don't put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we will be judged because we have rejected the salvation that has been freely made available to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And my friends, Jesus tells Nicodemus that in verse 18. It couldn't be more plain. Listen to what Jesus told Nicodemus. Jesus said, Nicodemus, he who believes in him, as is him that is lifted up, the Son of Man, Jesus, the one that's going to be lifted up on the cross, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What happened in the Old Testament when the people rebelled and sinned against God, and he began to judge them and send the snakes to bite them, and and the poisonous venom was killing them? Uh, What happened? Well, God provided a way that they could be forgiven and that they could be healed. And he did that through the lifting up of that serpent. And what happened? Every person, the scripture says, as many as looked on that serpent and believed what God said, they were all healed. And everyone that did not look on that serpent and believe what God said, they died and they were judged. Not only here in this life, but they were judged eternally. And what's going to happen today? Jesus is just as clear as he can be. He says, Nicodemus, Nicodemus, He who believes in me, he who puts his faith in Jesus is not condemned. Today, the Bible says, the Bible promises us that whoever looks to Jesus Christ that was lifted up some 2,000 years ago on the cross, whoever looks to Jesus and whoever calls on the name of Jesus and whoever puts their faith and trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord, The Scripture says right here, they will not be condemned. But my friend, the Scripture also says that whoever does not believe, whoever does not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, whoever does not look to the one that died on the cross 2,000 years ago for their sin, whoever does not look to Him is condemned already. It's not just that they're going to be condemned. It's not just that they're going to go to hell one day when they die. But my friends, what we need to understand today is that we are sinners and our sin has separated us from a holy God. And there is a judgment for sin. There is a penalty for sin just like there was in Moses' day, just like there was with the Israelites in Numbers chapter 21 when they sinned and rebelled against God, there was certain judgment and there was certain death because of their sin. And my friend, today, we need to understand that because of our sin, if we reject God's source of salvation, if we reject Jesus Christ, then we have already experienced condemnation we are already experiencing the judgment of God. And he tells us why. He tells us why. He says in verse 18, he who believes in me is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Why are the people condemned? Why are the people still in their sin? Why are the people going to go to hell when they die? because they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. They have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the only Savior of the world. They have refused to turn away from their sin and rebellion and to repent and to look on the one that died for them on the cross, the one that God allowed to be lifted up some 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, they refused to look on Him and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that because there are people that have refused God's salvation, because there are people that have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, that they are condemned already. My friend, as we go into this Easter season, it's one of my favorite times of year, and this is one of the greatest religious holidays, if you will, because as we go into the time of Easter season, what we're remembering, what we're reflecting on, what we're celebrating is that some 2,000 years ago that God loved us so much that He was literally willing to leave the splendor of heaven and come to this sin-sick world, and be born of a virgin. And he was able to do what no person has ever been able to do. He was able to live on this earth without sin. The Bible said, tempted in every way, just like you and I are, but without sin. He did not yield. He did not submit to that temptation, but he lived a sinless, perfect life. And then, my friends, When you're celebrating Easter, when you're hearing about Easter, when you're thinking about Easter this season, I want you to remember why Jesus was lifted up, why he told Nicodemus, I must be lifted up. And the reason that he was lifted up 2,000 years ago and the reason that it was necessary, absolutely essential that he be lifted up on that cross was because you and I had sinned and rebelled against him. And we were under the judgment and penalty of our sin. And there was nothing that we could do to escape that judgment and that penalty of death. And in that moment of our spiritual desperation, God did for us what he did for the Israelite people in the Old Testament when they rebelled against him. He sent a salvation for them. And all they had to do was look on his salvation. All they had to do was receive and believe and trust in the salvation that he sent. And my friends, we're the same way today. We are dying because of our sins, we're under the judgment of God, and there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves, and yet God loves us so much that he has allowed Jesus Christ to be lifted up. And my friends, if you'll just put your faith and trust in him today, if you'll just humble yourself and turn away from your sin, turn away from your rebellion today, And look on the one, look on the person of Jesus Christ that was lifted up on that cross for you some 2,000 years ago. My friends, if you'll look on him, and if you'll put your faith and trust in him and in him alone, then I promise you today, based on the authority of the word of God, that you will not be condemned because you will have trusted and believed in the only one, in the only name that has the power to save you from your sin. But my friend, I give you warning today. I give you biblical warning today that if you will not repent and if you will not look to the one that died for you on that cross and if you will not trust and put your faith in the one that was lifted up for you on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago, then you are condemned already. And the Bible tells you why. Because you have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You've not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. My friend, do you realize how fortunate we are today? We're so fortunate today that in our sinful condition, God has loved us enough to provide us a way to be saved. And all we have to do is turn in faith and repentance to the salvation that He's provided. And that person is Jesus Christ. My friends, would you look to him today? Look to him by faith today. Trust him today, and you'll never be condemned for your sin. I pray that you will. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Without Jesus, we have no hope. But since Jesus was lifted up, crucified on the cross for our sins, we can have forgiveness of sin if we repent and believe. This is Saved to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall, founder and president of Uttermost Evangelism. You've been listening to Brian's message entitled, Jesus Must Be Lifted Up. And if you'd like to download it to listen again or pass on to a friend, you can do so by visiting uttermostevangelism.org. Uttermostevangelism.org. Now, if all this doesn't totally make sense to you right now, but you want to learn more, Brian has written a booklet to help explain this gospel message and how to come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's called Salvation, Man's Greatest Need, God's Greatest Gift. In it, Brian examines the five aspects of salvation, why all people need to be saved, how God has made our salvation possible, why anyone can be saved, what salvation really is and how we receive God's gift of salvation. If you'd like a copy, simply contact us and ask and we'll send you one absolutely free. In fact, you can visit our website to download a digital copy right now, or you can write us to request a printed copy. Our address is Uttermost Evangelism, PO Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi 38863. Again, PO Box 7, Pontotoc, that's P O N T O T-O-C, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. You can also give us a call at 662-372-1912. That's 662-372-1912. Uttermost Evangelism and the Save to the Uttermost radio program are made possible by your prayers and generous gifts. If our program has been a blessing to you, would you consider helping us bless others? You can give online at uttermostevangelism.org or write P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. Thanks for listening today. Join us again next time. And remember, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those that come to God through Him. God bless. Save to the uttermost is provided by Uttermost Evangelism, Pontotoc, Mississippi.